Welcome back to the Community Rewatching 101 podcast, in which a grand conspiracy is afoot. A conspiracy to keep Al from being on the show. Hi, I'm Justin. With me is Heather and Thomas. Together, my co-conspirators. G'day, mates. <laughs> I told you to disguise your voice so people wouldn't recognize you. <laughs> that was my American hour. accent. Oh, no. Oh, um, no. That was, that was it, huh? <laughs> Uh, good day, um, America. Good God bless. Um, God bless America. Good day. <laughs> oh, How do you say good day with an American accent? Good you day. S- you just say good day. <laughs> and then you sound like an English gentleman, you know. Good, good day, day, sir. Good so. morrow to you. Good day. <laughs> I don't think we just say good day anymore. We, like, no, we don't. Uh-uh. Yo, hey, what's up? You what's know? up? Yo. Right. Yeah, there you. Oh, wow, perfect! It's Yo. like I was someone else on the recording with us. <laughs> Yo, Adrian. <laughs> well, the reason we don't have Al today is unfortunately last week we were set to record. We had technical issues, and, um, and then we had to re-record today. And uh, unfortunately, Al wasn't able to be here. So, un- yeah, he's so far he hasn't. Has he been at least one episode of season two? Uh, but he's going to have to catch up here soon. But we've got a we got a doozy with us today. This is season two, episode three. What's the what's the title of it? It's been a week since I watched it. Yeah. The psychology uh, of letting go. I think the psychology of letting go. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Good job. I think somebody's got the summary coming up for us in a little bit here. <laughs> Before we get into that, we we cover the whole gamut of the human experience in this episode: births, deaths, everything between. Uh, so my question for you is, would you rather see a baby delivered in person or encounter a dead body? Oh, uh, I think I'd, oh boy, I'd rather, I'd rather see a baby born in person. Um, I think I, I once saw someone who I thought was a dead body at a train station. They looked so like... Just like Still. they'd been there all night, but then the yeah. these uh, the train station people came along and just like gave them a nudge, and they like they like started moving, and it was like surprising to everyone because they looked so like they'd passed out all night. Uh, but uh, so I think the I, I don't know what that means to do with anything, but uh, did you I get think- a Pierce thing like people used to wish me dead to my face? <laughs> you thought I was dead, didn't you? Yeah. I think I'd agree with ha- uh, Heather. I almost called you Hannah. It's been so long. Um, it's, uh, I'm yeah. easy to forget. It's okay. <laughs> we call her Heather Ma- Montana. Oh, no. Why? Oh. Look what happens to you two if we're... If we are off of one we week. We need Al to be our, our baseline of sanity here. Apparently. He's our anchor. Um, yeah. yeah, a baby being born, you know, uh, I don't know. It has a good ending, but it's pretty <laughs> traumatic both ways <laughs> is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I've seen both too many times and it's, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I guess I probably go baby. At least there's a good ending on the baby, right? You know, happiness and tears and mm-hmm. placentas. So yeah, it's, it's fun. Whereas if you're just randomly finding a dead body, something wrong has happened yeah that's something very wrong that's true 
Well, uh, not this <laughs> that was an happy and question. somber. Wow, that was a bad question. <laughs> would you rather? <laughs> Let's get into this episode because we certainly have a lot to discuss about the happenstances here. Heather's got our summary for us. Uh, no, she doesn't. <laughs> Thomas has our summary for us. Yes. Uh, I love it. The twist. Um, okay, let me just dust off this old scroll. Um, let's see here. Okay. In this episode of Community, The Psychology of Letting Go, written by Hilary Winston and Dan Harmon, and directed by Anthony Russo, Pierce sheds zero tears for his mother, who has finished with her corporeal form and is ascending to the next level of his cult. I mean, religion. Upset that his previously perfect corporeal form now has high cholesterol, Jeff makes it his mission to disabuse Pierce of his fantastical notions about mortality. Duncan takes over anthropology class in the way that only he can, by not really teaching anything and spending the whole time obsessing over a feud with Chang. Abed delivers a baby, and finally, Britta thinks that Annie is misusing her feminine qualities to manipulate people into giving money to their... Uh, sorry, what does this say? All right, here we go. Uh, <laughs> finally, Britta thinks that Annie, yes, got it, is misusing her feminine qualities to manipulate people into giving money to their oil spill fundraising campaign. Yes. So, in jealous retribution, Britta starts to do the same. That'll show her. A race to the bottom and a wrestle in some oil later, and they can both agree that men are just gross. And that's what happened in Community. Now let's find out what's going to happen in Community Rewatching 101. Hmm. Ooh. Beautiful. Today we learned Thomas can't read his own handwriting. <laughs> yeah. It's even written on the computer and I can't read it. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much in this episode. It's all over the place. and uh, It's a lot. It's a lot. And what I wanted to start in on maybe the the part that especially most people never noticed when they first watched this. Most people never notice unless it's pointed out to them and then you always notice it, which is Abed's story in the background. That's what I want to start talking about first. But okay. uh, you were talking about there, Thomas. Uh, this whole storyline that happens entirely in the background of certain scenes of this episode where... Abed helps to deliver a baby. And uh, I think I probably watched this episode originally like three times before I found out that something was going on. And, you know, like Abed just kind of disappears for a good chunk of the episode and you don't really think about it, but he's gone. So to start to actually start with the story, remember back in season one, uh, this sex ed episode. That we covered yes. uh, where they had the the abstinent or the STD fair. And mm-hmm. uh, we remember Abed delivering these words. If you're going to have sex, don't use the condoms. And in the background of one scene, you saw a couple throwing away their condom. Uh, not a smart move on their part. OK, whatever. So now, hey, it's like nine months later. And in the background of this episode, we see Abed, I think there's like four different, at least four scenes, maybe five, where Abed is talking to a very pregnant lady. We never hear anything going on. This is always, your 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 eyes are on the foreground, but this is what's happening in the background. He's talking to this pregnant lady. Um, second scene, I think, is his uh, her boyfriend, husband, we're not sure, uh, is really upset at Abed. Maybe, you know, chases him around a little bit. A little slapstick comedy there. 
then next scene, we see her going into labor. And then finally, we see Abed delivering a baby in the back of a car and uh, and then kind of holding a baby at some point. And then he shows up at the end of the episode and they're like, hey, it was Troy's like, hey, what what do you do? You know, it's like, oh, kind of been in the background. And that was you know, <laughs> wah, wah. So I'm, I'm sure you guys were clued into this, right? This is a pretty. Yeah. Well, I caught it this time, but now I feel like a goose that I, I think the, when I previously watched this episode, I I just didn't, I didn't actually notice it at all. Um, But definitely caught it this time. Yeah. (laughs) It's so clever because, you know, that's what TV does. You, the camera will focus on something that it wants your eyes to focus on and, you know, everything in the background might as well just be completely irrelevant Mm -hmm. until it's not. And that's. It's pretty clever. Like that's, I mean, it wasn't really super essential uh, to the plot other than, you know, we're dealing in the foreground with death and the background with life, I guess, if we really want to get deep about it. It's oh, a cycle. Yeah. yeah. So True. do you think it's a little out of character for Abed to deliver a baby? <laughs> I mean, he's going to do it again in this season, right? Spoiler. Um, oh. oh no! Now, now, what's the point of me even watching the entire second season, Justin? Dang! He doesn't seem like a guy who's very comfortable touching people or getting close to people. And but on the other hand, of, he's yeah. like he's he's always surprisingly proficient at absolutely everything. So yes. yeah, in that true. way, it's the kind of the suddenly tap dance tap dancing. I almost just said tap dancing. Uh, my accent is all over the place today. Um, uh, like the the amazing suddenly tap dancing Abed can deliver a baby and do all sorts of incredible things and is a faster runner than Troy. And and uh, yeah, so I believe that side of Abed can do it. Maybe maybe he learned it from a movie. Ah, uh, true. So yeah, almost definitely. Births and kind of figure, yeah, he could, he could do it. I actually have helped deliver a baby once. Oh, wow. Once. My firstborn <laughs> started to come so fast out of my wife that it was just me and the nurse in the room. And she's like, grab this, hold this, let's do this. I'm like, where's the doctor? Oh my goodness. And uh, yeah, he was he was out before the doctor even got in So <laughs> Wow. Uh, wow. I got to actually help deliver. It was just, that was pretty cool, right? That's cool, awesome. yeah. That's Very awesome, nice. yeah. Very, very messy. Uh, clean, clean up on aisle four. All right. So, I mean, that's it's just a really cool little thing. And even I find that a lot of people who kind of are aware of this thinly veiled secret don't actually catch every single one of the scenes. So you can go to YouTube, of course, and they people have compiled like exactly the whole all of them put them together and you can see them if you missed them so yeah because um, i feel like there's particularly is it's there's one in like the cafeteria or something you said and yeah it's that one where i it's so easy to miss because you're because jeff is like saying important plot stuff at the moment yes. and you're looking right at him and then you realize hang on these people walking in the background that's Arvid. Mm-hmm. and ah there's, yeah. there's something going on there it's yeah. really clever all right, well, let's rewind back to the beginning of the episode, and we'll, we'll start from there. So in the study room, uh, Annie has created probably the most elaborate display model I've ever seen. Let's just give props to this prop. I mean, it is not it is not like a little diorama that they're going to be making in anthropology. This thing, I was just sitting there going, how long did that take? 
Like it's right. it's on stilts. It has water. It has little dolphins uh, sticking up in the water so that they look like they're swimming. And it's going to get destroyed later. It's going to get destroyed. And she goes ahead. She has a giant barrel of oil in the library. Yeah. Just so that she could put a drop of it into the water. <laughs> I mean, I'll let, you know, because she does kind of take it out of that. So I like, oh, okay, that's a little excessive, but you know, all right. Uh, I, I love this running gag. Probably one of my favorite running gags in this episode is that as Annie and Britta are start to go at it as rivals here in the storyline, Shirley is just so put out that she's excluded, and she keeps making these passive aggressive yeah. remarks about it. <laughs> And I mean, just everybody's ignoring her. She hates being ignored. She she just keeps making these little like, if I was included, you know, and just, I love it. Oh, what yeah, is it? I love you two up to all by yourselves, just the two of you. Like, <laughs> yeah, <I see>. mm. <laughs> she's got so many good lines and she's mm-hmm. always just watching from a distance and yeah. enjoying it. Yeah, it's a great Shirley episode. Uh, Jeff Jeff's going in for a physical because even a Ferrari needs a tune-up. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm holding my hand up. Episode. Why is Jeff going to get his physical at a community college by a nurse? Mm, very is he good. That question. hard up is his health insurance not doing so hot these days? Mm. I don't know. It just seemed that that's pretty desperate. I wouldn't go to Patton Oswalt for <laughs> my. Uh, I would go for him for jokes, not so much if uh, I, I, you know, I need a tune-up. But yeah. though it does seem like it's probably one of his best opportunities to pick up in the waiting room uh, uh, when he gets his results nice and publicly announced, uh, and <laughs> there are some cute ladies in the waiting room. It's the perfect mm-hmm. opportunity to uh, take some names. Sure. As they say, that's what they say, right? <laughs> Especially the they girl, do say that, yeah, all the time. The girl holding the STD booklet. I didn't know Smiling that. at, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. I love, so they make a little crack about, I have the AOL homepage bookmarked. They're talking about, like, news or something. Uh, like, the, did you hear about that monkey, you know, seven packs a day or whatever it was? And then they talk about the AOL homepage, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Way to date yourself, show. <laughs> oh, gosh. AOL. This, that's, where, that's where people got their news back in the day, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, it really feels uh, tro- like horse and buggy times or something, doesn't it? It really does. Dial-up noises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was watching a video the other day. Somebody was like, all the sounds you don't hear anymore. And it was like, you know, modem sounds and... The rotary phone dials and mm-hmm. cassettes going into things and everything to make you feel super old if you were born before 2000. Sorry, Thomas. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Troy comes in. He's got the thousand yard stare. Poor Troy. He goes through a lot of trauma in this series. He does. Uh, <laughs> I love this line. He's like, I just saw a dead body. And Shirley says, told you not to use the East Stairwell. <laughs> <laughs> what happens in the East Stairwell, Greendale? No. And what? Uh, why isn't the newspaper covering that? So, yeah, Pierce's mom, that we've, whom we've never met, died. Uh, Troy says she crawled out to the garage to die like a cat. Uh, which yeah. is 
such a graphic mm-hmm. way to put it. It's that, that he shares his trauma with us in that moment, I think. Yeah. But, um, but Pierce, Pierce is um, in kind of a bit of denial here. He's, he comes in, he's whistling, he's happy, <laughs> and everybody just has no idea what to make of this, right? It's, uh, but because uh, she was a level five laser lotus, techno- technology will now allow for a resurrection. And he's totally cool with her being uh, vaporized or whatever's going to happen to her. Mm, she's only used up her organic body. Her uh, organic body, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a nice Transformers reference, by the way. Did you get it, Energon? It's uh, the Energon pod. Energon cubes. Ah. Transformers. Mm-hmm. It's Dan Harmon just geeking out in his own little way. I don't know, uh, but I love Troy crying. I just like that Pierce is just happy, <laughs> and Troy just he's so traumatized by finding her body. <laughs> it's just a bad thing. Oh, it was he's- the turtle. A turtle two packs a day. I'm sorry. What were you saying, Thomas? Uh, no, just Troy's such a sensitive jock. Probably the most sensitive jock I know. Uh, yes. Poor lad. And how the, the three women all come over to, to calm him down and take care of him. There's a lot of <laughs> flocking in this episode. In fact, the next scene when Jeff's at the water fountain and they all like crowd around him. He's like, if, if you just give me a minute, I'll get to the can opener. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, like that phys- I like that sort of physical humor. I thought that was good, but. That's that's kind of what they do, right? They just people flock, you know. This whole group flocks, yes, around people. Yeah. So I I like how Andy was already halfway done with Pierce's mom's collage. When did she get time to do that? Between the last scene and this scene, I don't know. Good question. She did. So uh, we get into a bit of discussion about religion, which has never had any problems uh, in conversation in human history whatsoever, Mm-mm. and is never awkward when handled by a television show. Uh, to my knowledge, this is like the second of three episodes of Community, um, and the next one is actually in this season as well, uh, that even tangentially touch on religion, and it's always done weird in community i mean it's like yeah it's okay uh here it's not they're not i don't know i don't know how you guys feel about it like they start talking about it and it's kind of a launch pad like they're sort of saying something uh serious about religion but then quickly it's not really about that at all it's just more of a launching ground to talk about death and and that's ejected because of course jeff's whole attitude is, you know, all religions are the same. He doesn't see any difference between one and the other. And Annie corrects him and says, well, then you weren't listening because Pierce's has lasers. (laughs) I think it's one of the best Annie lines ever. (laughs) Which I think... She's uh, not wrong. She's not wrong. I think sometimes when you're on the outside of... A thing, and you're looking on the inside, and you're going like, well, it's all the same, and people on the inside are like, no, it's not. you got to understand there are some significant differences here, and when one has lasers, that's pretty important. <laughs> um, but apparently we find out in this episode, that's not all. Like We, we don't really know a lot about Pierce's cult, mm-hmm. but it's very interesting, and we keep getting little glimpses of what's going on here. 
Yeah, it's very in-depth. There are so many layers and, uh, you know, we just keep learning little pieces here and there, but it sounds like it's a huge kind of complicated religion. Lots There's of bees. lore. Lots of lore, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we find out like there's bees, like there's something to do with a hive. Yeah. And they yeah. talk about bees a lot later in this episode and like they don't explain anything. You just, you're left to kind of wallow around in your ignorance and piece it together in your mind. But there you go. <laughs> well, can't you be cool like me, Jeff says. <laughs> Somebody's like, he ends so many of his speeches that way. <laughs> That's oh, so, Jeff. If only we could. Yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to challenge us this week, mm. uh, us on the staff here at Community Group Watching 101. We've got to at least end one conversation with, can't you be cool like me? <laughs> In fact, the challenge is, how many conversations can we do before we meet again? You count them. See if you can make that your catchphrase. Okay. All right, it's on. Can't, can't you be cool like me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it on stream and see what people say. Yeah, he <laughs> but you are cool, so it's like it's hard. To, oh, stop! Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, well, we're in anthropology. Duncan is taking over. He is now the new professor. I love this. He's like, "What is anthropology? Seriously, does anybody know?" <laughs> like, uh, again, we're missing a crucial piece of information, which is the whole scene where. Dean Pelton apparently decided that Duncan would be great as a replacement for this class. I want to see that scene. Mm -hmm. I want to see how he got like his arm twisted into doing this because he knows nothing. It's, I mean, you could put me in charge of that class. I know exactly the same amount as he does. So, hmm. I like how when it's explained to him, he's like, wow, I thought psychology was a racket. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice dig. Yeah. I liked that part too. But do you like the Chang of it all? Oh, because... um, you know, when you put it that way, yes. Because <laughs> Duncan figuring out that he has a restraining order against Chang and it keeps Chang, what, 25 feet away from him at all times? Something like and that, 25 or 30. Yeah, so they do a ta tape measure and find out that Chang can be in the way back of the class. Mm -hmm. uh, but not if Duncan comes up a little bit. Um, I just yeah. like that tape. That tape measure almost takes everybody out in the room. Yeah. Like it, <laughs> it's super lethal. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah. And I love uh, uh, Chang and Abed's constant like little thing of like, uh, it's never a big deal, but Chang and Abed always kind of just help each other out with the little things. Chang's just like, yeah, they do. Abed, and Abed jumps up and does the tape measure. No words needed. I think Abed really relishes being somebody's lackey, like a, a cartoon villain. You just like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, do whatever you want. And anything to progress the plot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I love Chang and Duncan. They're so good as a comedic pairing. Mm. Especially I, because I do they just, agree, yeah. They hate each other. Mm -hmm. There's, uh, But they're very vocal about their hate, and it's really fun. Uh, so Chang calls him, he says, proceed, Dr. Teeth. And I'm like, oh, it's on now. Uh, and then we get this little other, I don't know how many different plots we have in this episode. Like the A plot, B plot, C plot, and D plot. I don't know whatever you want to put this one, the Annie and Britta one, where they're on the quad and trying to get people to give them money for whatever oil spill issue is going on. Um, 
I love that British just yelling and screaming about it. And the one guy's like, yeah, you don't have to yell at us. Nobody's on the other side of this issue. <laughs> yeah. And is this the same guy from season one? Was he the guy like who turned around uh, and uh, at the uh, the football rally or whatever and was like, hey, hey we can we we can hear you, you know, or something? It sounds familiar. We gotta oh. look that up. Yeah, it, it looked familiar. I think it might yeah. be that same guy. Oh my! <laughs> oh yeah, he was like, you know, we've got feelings or something to Troy. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see him come back more. I, we're going to track this guy. Maybe he does come back. Maybe <laughs> maybe this is it. But <laughs> His it's, hair's it's just, bigger that, here. He's got quite a quiff. <laughs> yeah, that was a good. That was a really good line reading. Just the way he does it. It's not yeah. like mean. It's not sarcastic. But it's just like you know, hey dude, take it down a scooch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't tell Britta to take it down anything. She she just can't. Um, at the health center, Jeff is getting his physical. I wrote in all capital letters, why would Jeff get his physical here? <laughs> it really bothers know. you. It does. <laughs> and from Nurse Jackie. <laughs> That's his name. Nurse Jackie. There you go. Pop culture reference. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, you have something very infectious, he says, to an entire waiting room full of people. <laughs> you have charm. <laughs> Even your moles are shaped like little hearts," he said. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, Heather. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> it's just um, I was working on uh, bringing over our Robin Hood Men in Tights mm-hmm. review today on Mutant Reviewers, and uh, I was reminded, oh yeah, there's that guy in that movie whose mole keeps moving around from scene to scene. <laughs> On his face. (laughs) Everybody wants to comment on it. Oh, well. He's told, so Jeff's told he has a bit of high cholesterol. He has to start taking some meds. And Jeff, of course, deals with this very maturely and reasonably, uh, by which, I mean, he freaks out. (laughs) And and Nurse Jackie's like, wait, did I accidentally tell you you have AIDS? Because I sometimes have done that. <laughs> An easy mistake. We could all fall yeah. into that trap. Yeah. No judgment here. I like how he says, you know, he's just like, this This is your body. It's going to fall apart. This is a temple of doom. Like, <laughs> yeah, the temple of doom. Temple of doom. <laughs> that's, that's another phrase I want to start coining in my life every mm-hmm. time I have a back twinge or something yeah. like that. And he starts as like there's this really interesting moment here in the scene where Jeff is like he's he's wrestling with this. And apparently like the soundtrack starts humming like there's this musical hum that starts like pressing in, kind of showing you his tension, his stress. And as he's doing this, Nurse Jackie is kind of delivering this little monologue. He's like it represents I had to write this, you know, go back and write this because you're kind of focused more on Jeff and the the speech is kind of this mumbly background thing. But he says it represents the inconvenient fact that all good things, be they people or movie franchises, collapse into sagging, sloppy, rotten piles of hard to follow nonsense. Oh, <laughs> that's a great line. Wow. That is good. That is very now, good. I, you know. Having seen all seven Police Academy movies, I can attest to this fact. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Although it was kind of slop- sloppy and saggy from the beginning. <laughs> so, 
Oh, well. And then yeah, just let's, like, let's, yeah. I need to be alone. <laughs> it's like, and Patton Oswald just there, it's uh, he he looks around and his eyes get so close to the camera. Actually, it's almost like a look to the camera. It's like, uh, uh, you can do that by leaving. <laughs> <laughs> just leave. Uh, and he has another good like i like nurse jackie i think he's a really great character maybe maybe a little too too much but he's he's fun and i just love this next part where the scene ends and he just slaps his hands together again in the waiting room and goes let's go those paps aren't going to smear themselves (laughs) (laughs) and then guiding the next patient in with a hand on the back he's a bit much (laughs) He's a bit friendly. HIPAA. What's HIPAA? I don't know. It's, <laughs> there's no privacy here at Greendale. Oh. Don't don't go here if you have any sort of medical issues. You wish to keep silent. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we go to the cafeteria uh, after that traumatic scene. Uh, Shirley is eating Let's potato chips. That's another fun thing to track in community. By the way, there's this brand of potato chips that they call not Lay's. It's Let's. Okay. I don't know why, but Leonard ends up at some point reviewing Let's Potato Chips. Um, but that's a while to come. So Shirley's wow. eating them, and Jeff is coming to terms with his mortality. He's not really doing very well with it. He's very upset. He kind of feels like the universe owes him for treating his body as good as he's always treated it. And uh, he's owed perfection, I guess. Um, I, I don't know about you guys. I, I'm, I've started to come to the realization Jeff might be a little tad narcissistic. Oh, I think you're being <laughs> yeah. too harsh. Yeah. Mm. Nah, not I him. Don't know. I, I'm seeing the clues. I'm picking up on some hints here. Mm, I think you're reaching. Uh, yeah. Do you, think, do you think Britta's reaching when she says that Annie is unintentionally putting on a sexy schoolgirl school routine? It seems a bit odd like like it's coming from something of insecurity in Britta because I, I I never really picked up on it until this episode but I do kind of think back and go well maybe but I don't know why why be so upset about it because she's Britta I guess because it's bringing <laughs> she enjoys getting upset about general. things yeah exactly yeah. like it just I was just like who cares why is it any of your business yeah. Well, it's either Britta's really upset on behalf of her gender, or she's just upset because Annie's getting more attention than her. Mm-hmm. She's just always upset about something. Not playing to Britta's rules. Yeah. I don't know. So they start to have some friction here, uh, all while Shirley is just continuing to make all these remarks about not being included, and they're ignoring her. Um, we also learn about socks, and that's all I'm going to say about that. This, just one little line here that made me spit out my soda when I watched it. And went like, I cannot believe that got past the censors, but you know that's okay. Uh, you know, oh yeah, past, I like I puppets too. It, so. Yeah, Pu- puppetry. It's good. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember wants, now. If a guy wants to make a puppet of me, that's hardly your. Concern, yeah, yeah. Annie. I was like, oh, oh no, Annie. <laughs> Annie, no. <laughs> So, um, well, thanks for yeah, bringing well, that back up. I had I'm, forgotten I'm, that. I'm just saying, when we suffer, it's better to suffer together. I don't want to be the only person. I, I think only just, you say that. That's the worst. <laughs> you always do this. <laughs> I know why. Uh, 
the one bit of each episode that we're like, okay, we'll just skip over that. And then Justin's uh-huh. like, oh, and I have to mention. <laughs> Drag it kicking and screaming into the sun. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Well, And then he always calls back to it later on too. Just wait later on. Oh, we'll I just know. Get one more callback. Right when it. we think we've <laughs> forgotten all about it. Yes. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, trauma. <laughs> Drobbing cosmic wounds. No. <laughs> <laughs> Need you to make need that to echo stop. one day. <laughs> did not know that was going to be our show's catchphrase, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Not in my All wildest right, I nightmares, I, no. I vow, Heather, on uh, this little squishy thing that I'm holding right now, I will never mention that phrase again on this show. Uh. I give you my word. <laughs> <laughs> on the little <laughs> squishy <laughs> thing? Why can't you just be cool like me, Heather? Why? Oh, <laughs> oh. damn. You got me. Damn, mic drop. Yeah. All right. Now that we're uh, all uncomfortable and red faced, <laughs> let's go on to anthropology. Back to anthropology. Uh, Pierce bringing in a working lava lamp that, to my knowledge, had no plug in it whatsoever. So I'm guessing it's battery operated. Can Can you have a battery operated lava lamp? Uh, it, I don't know. I didn't think I about mean, that. Yeah. It would have to be a gigantic. Like it'd have to be a couple of. D-sized batteries or something to power that lamp to get it hot enough. The I light. really hot. Yeah. My kid, my kid wanted one back in the day, and I got him one, and I plugged it in his room, and like an hour later, I'm like, this is going in the trash, because this thing is like 500 degrees, and mm-hmm. it's going to burn our house down. Oh. And Yeah, I used to have one, too. They're sorry. very dangerous, actually. I burned myself quite a lot on it. Yeah. They looked cool, though. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. they do look so cool. I'm a big fan of them. I don't know why, you know, there's like sometimes just little lines that that you find way funnier than even the line probably is. But when Pierce says, it's not a lava lamp, it's my mum, I just, the first <laughs> time I heard that, I laughed so, so hard. It's the kind of line that I would like to have on a t-shirt with a picture of a lava lamp. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's not a lava lamp, it's my mum. <laughs> oh, God, if we ever get merch for this podcast. <laughs> See, we have so many phrases. Yeah, now. I know. So <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> he says, Jeff asked him, how much did you pay for that? He's like, well, Energon doesn't grow on trees, Jeff. It's harvested by super bees in Buddha's meteor crater. <laughs> That's good. There you That's go. Good. That's the bees thing. Super, so super so Buddha has a meteor crater mm-hmm. and there are super bees in it. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We don't know anything else. But I mean, at this point, I'm starting to see the appeal of this cult. At, at at the very least, you're entertained. You're entertained while you're going broke and being fleeced in it. I mean, there's that. Yeah. And you and you get a lava lamp to carry around. It's not so, a lava lamp. Nope. It's his mom. I Be wish respectful. We could have met the leader of this cult in a future episode. That like they had to, mm-hmm. they would have had to like uh, infiltrate the cult or something, drag Pierce out of it. I don't know. It would have been really interesting. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, <laughs> Duncan finally realizes that the restraining order gives him a superpower, and he gets to use that by pushing Chang out of the class. And oh my goodness! I love the <laughs> the look on his face when he realizes this, and the sound effect, and his hand out, and Chang just stumbling backwards, and it's it's, it's just great. 
He has such mad eyes, Duncan. He's like, yeah. and he's like messy hair, and he's like mad eyes behind those glasses. <laughs> and then he goes from that and immediately goes into a great line. He's like, resulting in something. Again, this is not really my field. <laughs> but then they start. Um, I don't know who's Jeff's. Jeff's going on about mortality, and he's like. I love this line from Duncan, and I thought about it a lot. He says, oh, I see. Are we thinly veiling personal conflict and passing it <laughs> off as a lesson? And I'm like, yes, Duncan may be a horrible psychiatrist, but he knows his stuff. And he shows us this twice in this episode. Like, he can very quickly analyze people and get right to, like, what's going on. Doesn't really care about them. Doesn't really care. You know, like, there's no compassion there. Mm -hmm. uh, he just, he's very good at the analysis and then clicks it and then just lays it out on the table for you. And I, I like that. Mm -hmm. Anyways. Yeah. And, yeah, lampshading exactly what always happens in the classes when the study group gets talking just about their own issues. And forget about the class. We never actually have a real class, do we? Yeah. No, no. not not today. But Troy <laughs> found out, finds out that if he goes to Pierce's um, cult, then he gets to eat ghosts. And Troy <laughs> is down for that. Really appeals to him. Yes. Strangely. Yeah. So hmm. Pierce says, come to my church's open hive tomorrow. Open hive. Wine, beer, and free credit checks. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I'm feeling like this is a not so subtle dig on uh, Scientology, but um, I feel like it is too. <laughs> yeah. So a cute girl comes in class and says, "Is this anesthesiology?" And Duncan's like, "Yes, yes, it is. Just go with this." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole class. It's a. Uh, I'm going to miss Betty White as a professor. I think she would have been amazing all season long, mm -hmm. but Duncan is a pretty decent substitute. Yeah. And then I assume after that moment, uh, Duncan just spent the rest of the lesson talking about anesthesiology. Uh. Yeah. Je <laughs> Jeff says he pulled 40 minutes of it out of his Oh, mind. he does, does he? Yes. <laughs> 40. <laughs> Why did we not get 40 minutes of that? I would have watched that episode. Like bonus footage. <laughs> The super extended cut of this episode, Duncan making up anesthesiology just to impress a girl that he shouldn't be even looking at. Mm -hmm. So, all right, back in the cafeteria, uh, Britta has decided to fight Annie in her own game by going super cute. And oh my goodness, Britta doing whatever she's doing here is amazing when she's like, well, they're all feathery and pelican-y, and I love them. <laughs> I was dead. I was just dead. She just like she rolls her so eyes good. over and looks at Annie when she says it, too. I love yes. them. <laughs> <laughs> Annie, Annie does her take on Britta. It's like, hey, jerk, you're stupid. I know more than you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yep. We've gotten to this point in season two where everybody kind of knows too much about everybody else. Yeah. And their uh, family gets into really good fights because family knows each other and we can push our, each other's buttons really well. 
Mm-hmm. And Shirley's over there is like, yeah, you're both so different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the best bit of all of it. Shirley's look. Yeah. She is, she's going to kill them in their sleep. Yeah. Well, Jeff <laughs> thinks it's unfair. He wants his donuts back in his life. <laughs> and uh, so Duncan's listening to him and then Duncan goes, hold on, I need to use my force field to prevent Chang from getting food. <laughs> and this part, just like this abrupt him launching out his the sound effect of his hand going up, his crazy eyes, like you were saying, Thomas, and just that that sound effect of him pushing Chang all the way over is hilarious. It's one of my favorite little bits in all of Community. And then he just, like, sits back down like nothing else happened, right? Mm -hmm. Agreed. And Chang's physical comedy of going backwards over the couch and then running into the... Yeah. uh, (laughs) The vending machine. The vending machine. machine. Yeah, Yeah, it's perfect. (laughs) And then then we go back to Duncan, who... um, it's actually really insightful again. He's, he says, you know, we after he's just do. sat back down, like nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like nothing happened. Uh, he says, you know, we all do worship something. You, you do. You, do you have something in your life you worship, whether it's a deity or for Jeff, it's his body. And so his God is failing him. And that's why Jeff is having this uh, existential crisis right now. And so <laughs> Jeff's, I like this. Jeff's like, uh, and so he's like, well, that's why you're taking it out on Pierce is really you're having a hard time dealing with your own stuff. And he's like, well, now that I realize that was my goal, I can really roll up my sleeves and get it done. <laughs> Duncan's like, um, no, that's not the I don't care. I <laughs> just like the I don't really care bit. Uh, that's uh, that's what makes community more than other sitcoms. Other sitcoms, that character would have been like, oh, no, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. And he's just like, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> Go with it. Go yep, with it. Whatever, do you? And I just yeah. in that moment got distracted by Duncan's Duncan's food in front of him. It just looks it looks looks appetizing. He's got like a milkshake or like an iced coffee and like I don't know, bacon and toast and makes me hungry every time that one shot. They have a good spread there at Greendale, man. Yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah. Even when it's not chicken finger day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Truth. I miss that about college. I, you know, the things you don't, excuse me, just having somebody cook for you every day and just walking into a room and having your selection of food and picking what you want and eating it. Yeah. Uh, If I could go back, I would slap myself upside the face and say, you appreciate this because for the rest of your life, you're going to be doing it yourself. Thank you very much. I've never heard a better description of what heaven could be than. A buffet. Every time I'm, I'm around a buffet, <laughs> I'm like, I feel like this This literally feels like heaven. I get ridiculously happy. And then I, you know, eat the same amount that I would at just a regular restaurant. But still, I just feel so happy. You can just get as much as you want. Just as much as you want. Yeah. In fact, oh, I'm going to get totally pastor on you. Just for like, give me 30 yeah. seconds and I'll back off. I just did a sermon on Psalm 63. <laughs> and he uses this... this this uh, language of um, being satisfied the way you would if you ate really good food, ah. like enough food that just <laughs> filled you. And I'm like, that's like, that's us going to, I, I said, you know, like that's hitting the buffet hard mm. after a really hard, long day's work and just being full and satisfied. And yeah. It's a, it's a good feeling. Like it that's is. a good feeling. Yeah. 
That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go. Who wants to go to a buffet? I'm down with it. Uh, Unfortunately, like Ponderosa, I used to go there with my family when I was a kid. We don't really have buffets around here. COVID kind of killed buffets. It kind of did, yeah, for the most part. (laughs) Yeah. COVID! You have a lot to answer for. Well, we go back out into the quad where nary a mature person is to be seen. Uh, Britta and Annie are just, at this point, just really angry with each other. Jeff, I love this line. He's like, wow, you guys are real downers. I can't believe I made out with both of you. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like this really getting past those plot lines we didn't like, Mm -hmm. those romantic ones. It's just making fun of them now. (laughs) Yeah. But having that history that you can make fun of is that's important. That's mm. important. so they they have a literal oil spill all over the quad here, uh, and an oil wrestling match, uh, which is according to Duncan why he came to America. So, <laughs> yep, that's what we do yeah. here all the time. All the time, mm-hmm. attractive women wrestling in oil. Yep. It's very common. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't uh, know if this is like the uh, Dan Harmon being offering sly commentary or him just going, I just kind of wanted to make them wrestle in oil and this is the best way to do it. You know, this episode did provoke me to just uh, look up the Deepwater Horizon oil spill, which I didn't know much about. And it's like, okay. yeah, that's, that was really bad, wasn't it? <laughs> Basically, mm-hmm. geez, like really bad. It's one of those things that you look up at night and I was reading the whole Wikipedia and I was like, uh it's not not, not putting hole. good thoughts in my mind before bed, but uh, oh well. Thanks. Community. Hey, we're doing yeah, a Thomas, comedy a show. Let's stop <laughs> 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 yeah. Why can't you be uh, cool like I ring. am? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why can't you just be cool like Heather? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we go. We go in Jeff's car, which I think has the worst outdoor, like the the. The screens that they're using or whatever they're trying to make the car look like it's moving, it's just, it looks super fakey. Uh, kind of looks like when they used to do car driving scenes in sitcoms back in the 80s. It just, it doesn't look good. Um, but anyways, uh, Jeff's, the whole point is Jeff's taking Pierce to go see his mother, unbeknownst to Pierce, uh, to see her dead body and realize that she's not actually in the um, the lava lamp. And, uh, and then they find out that she made a CD in her last minutes. Again, my mind like trips over this sort of thing going, okay, she crawled out in the garage and then made the CD mm-hmm. using what technology? Mm-hmm. Or did she make the CD and then crawled out to put it in the car? I don't know. It probably none of that really matters. The, what, what's important, according to Troy, is it's very gangsta to, to make a CD right before you die. So let's all try to do that. Um, mm. If you sense your imminent demise, make a CD. If you don't know how to do it, contact a Gen X person near you, and we will walk you through the process. Yeah, it's only so. going to get harder and harder over time. But um. <laughs> and we only need your social security number. Yes. yes. <laughs> so uh, Pierce's mom gives him a very humanist type speech you know uh, we're all gonna die and so just enjoy life and that's what makes it worth living and um uh and then pierce's mom plays herself out which i love me too (laughs) me too that was i mean this is such a serious scene and then 
that they throw that joke in and it just it like startles a laugh out of you. I love that. <laughs> it's it's not a very funny scene, but we see that uh, Pierce is still in denial and and Jeff's kind of OK with letting him be in that denial. So hmm. is Jeff right? Like, should Pierce just not? I have a problem with this. OK, I'm just going to throw this out there and you guys hmm. say what you will. Um, I don't think it was right of Jeff to go like, okay, let's go traumatize Pierce. Like that's that's beyond the pale. Wrong. But at the same time, Pierce's mother just passed away and he's not coping with it at all. He's not like he there's there's a grieving process that's very important to happen. And even if like myself, if you believe in a life after this one, there's still grief. They're still lost. They're still, they're not here with me right now. And I'm not going to get to see them right now. If not, you know, for a while. And there's, and so Pierce is being held back from that. And absolutely nobody is trying to help him to get to that. You know, he's being, he's being manipulated by his cult into thinking his mother didn't actually die. Not, not that she died and she'll, you know, one day come back. No, she didn't die. She just, moved forms over to lava lamp and i kind of i don't know like i and so jeff's like oh i'm cool you know like you know whatever and we'll just let pierce have his little delusion and his very expensive lava lamp and that's kind of how that ends and i'm like it just doesn't sit right with me maybe i'm overthinking it maybe i'm being way too analytical but no it doesn't it feels like the writers kind of wrote themselves into a bit of a corner and then just hand waved it away i don't know yeah. I I mean I I thought it was odd that the ending is that Pierce is still denying it even though his mother says like basically you know that's not me in there I'm dead. And it feels like an odd. I think you're right in the fact that I think they were written into a corner because there's all these odd things like what you mentioned and then um I'm wondering how how has her body been being taken care of legally if Pierce doesn't know about it like Oh, who's yeah. taking care of these preparations? Why is there a funeral that her a home that her body is currently in? Like, who's taking care of it? it I don't know. It just all seemed like it was too. The cult? Yeah, maybe. Did the cult send people to go get her body? I, I know. Like, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I That's what it was in my mind at the time. I'm like, this just they've written themselves to a point where nothing's making any kind of sense now. Let's just say you don't want to go into the room marked the hive ah yes in their yes headquarters yes. <laughs> yeah i i think i agree yeah they needed to find a kind of a happy kind of ending here where everyone gets on the same page but on the other hand like uh, at the very least how can you be a good friend to pierce at all and approve of this like cult stuff which is really properly nefarious and weird uh i don't know a, a little detail here i like too is just uh the the little barcode on pierce's uniform <laughs> like like he's just you oh. know like they're gonna get scanned or something when they they go to his cult Ooh, i didn't notice i that. didn't see that huh it's very like weird tacky star trek <laughs> <laughs> they do start like downplaying his cult ties in future episodes it's not mm. i think they kind of get a lot of mileage out of it early on and 
after a certain point they're just not going to mention it too much anymore. yeah the show's so. very out there and silly in a lot of ways but like this is yeah. probably one of the more out there things is the whole cult stuff yeah, yeah. and uh, of course like sitcoms aren't you know like there's a certain point where like this is just funny and it's just weird and maybe we really shouldn't overthink it too much and <laughs> just kind of just kind of nod our heads and smile and be happy little just repeat <laughs> to ourselves it's just a show and we should really just relax we should Right. At least, at the very least, in this episode, Jeff got over his own kind of obsession with being right or something or proving someone yes. else wrong. So, there's that. Well, and he, he comes to more of a happy medium with his own mortality. Hmm. which So, Pierce doesn't face mortality at all, but Jeff, for the first time, does. And actually comes to a pretty mature, like, you know, like he's, he eats a donut or whatever. Like, you know, like, so it shows that... Maybe he's loosening up just a little bit and not and and trying to appreciate life a little bit more instead of trying to game it and be the first person to live to 190 or whatever. Hmm. So um, I don't know what also the writers, the point that they were trying to make with Britta and Annie, uh, other than men are even grosser. OK, um, yeah. <laughs> That's the, I like the how everybody in this whole scene with them, everybody's cleaning all this oil up. They're just talking to each other. Like, you guys made the mess. Mm-hmm. You clean it up. <clears throat> but no, you just roll around in it for a while. That's That, that helps, too. Because we know college students are very absorbent, just like Bounty. The quicker picker-upper. So, um, <laughs> I like Duncan posing with the oily coeds. <laughs> it's like, take, <laughs> take a picture of me with the oily coeds, and then he does his like, little hand gestures, and it becomes the front page of their paper. That's, uh, uh-huh. that's pretty uh, yeah <laughs> Heather sounds like she approves so yeah that was okay. the sound that I made approval <laughs> if you got something to say <laughs> say it now or forever hold your peace we're on a podcast I, I think it says yeah. it all for itself really okay I remember when we had that first episode of season 2 and I was bemoaning ah oh, it's too bad Betty White this is the only time she she's in the show. And I totally forgot about this end credit sequence where just randomly we're back with Betty White and she's, uh, I guess, in Africa, Congo. I, she's talking about Inception with uh, the people there. That's very random. It's a really random, random. It made me made me think like maybe they did film it for like the first episode and they decided to move it over here. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. If only Thomas was reading the script still. He could Yeah. Oh, next week we've got a script. So, I mean, next episode. Uh, yeah. So, that'll be good. I'll be a, a script nerd again for that episode. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, that is uh, that's the episode start to finish, including everything in the background. So, Let's talk about our report cards. Let's give this a grade and our analysis, or our analysis and then a grade. Thomas, why don't you start us off with this? Hmm, interesting episode. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, not one of my favorites. Um, I feel like there was so much going on that, you know, maybe none of the plots got enough attention in the end. Uh, and my favorite stuff in this episode was probably with uh with Duncan and Chang I think uh mm. I mean them uh in 
being combative against each other is so much fun. But then even at the uh, at the very end, um, when they're uh, talking about the mutually assured destruction and like well played, I like them as a when they like each other as well. I don't know which I prefer them like fighting or them being friends, but they're both great either way. Frenemies. Um, oh yes, frenemies. That's what they call it. And then I forget what happens in the future with them, but I'm I'm looking forward to what's next. Uh, apart from that, um, yeah, the other plot lines I just found okay, but there are a lot of like funny one-off lines in this episode, like, and I think Shirley got a lot of them. Uh, like, mm. uh, I know because of Shirley that, and from Shirley's pastor that it's it's meth season apparently. So I don't know <laughs> okay. if that's included in your sermons, Justin, but uh, it's very interesting. Uh, <laughs> I do try uh, to inform everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them updated. We also find out she's Baptist, by the way. They they can they never said her denomination before. Oh yeah, that's another good line. Yeah, it's like, what is it like? Just like who's who's normal? Abed and Shirley's like, well, Baptists are. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I enjoyed a lot of little moments in this episode, but overall, not the episode itself. So I'm giving it like a really like good solid C. It's a great C. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll go next. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick Heather to the curb here. I'm gonna let her Ow. formulate some more. Th- I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm giving you more time to think. Uh, over your thoughts great- better be good, Heather. You've got all this yes. time. <laughs> no pressure. I I don't have actually that much different to say than than Thomas did. It's it's a, a episode full of very funny lines, very funny moments, and some. As I said, you know, some just absolute classic community moments, especially with Duncan and Chang uh, and, and the background stuff with Abed. It's super clever in the way that community often is and plays with conventions. I feel like it is really packed. Uh, there's a lot going on. And it's as a result, whatever its core message is about, you know, especially about mortality, life, death, religion, cults, bees, ghosts, you know, like (laughs) what point are you trying to make? Mr. Harmon don't really understand it. uh, Other than maybe it's okay to eat a donut every now and then. And so I don't know. I, I don't like seeing message episodes end up devolving into nothingness uh, or just muddledness, I guess. And so, you know, either have a message or don't. And if you are having one, you make it very clear, um, but not unentertainingly clear. Uh, I like Duncan taking over. <clears throat> sorry. I like him taking over anthropology. That's a really good move. Uh, having Chang in the class, also really good. And I know he wasn't there before, but now his arch nemesis is there and that adds a little bit more tension going on. Um, but yeah, there's there's also the Annie Britta stuff. Yeah, I, I didn't, I think I laughed once, just Britta's uh, pelican feathery line. That was really funny. I think that was the only part I loved, laughed at and didn't really find much funny with Jeff, like trying to crush Pierce's soul. Uh, really liked nurse Jackie. I think this is the second and last time we get to see Jackie in the show. Uh, so that's, that was a good character and it's too bad. We don't get to see him again. Uh, I'm going to go with the C as well. It's, it's a very down the middle episode. There's no high concept here. It's a lot of life and times of Greendale and, um, 
that's all I've got to say about that. So let's sh- take the spotlight. Let's shine it on Heather. Let's give her her, her moment. You're blinding me with that spotlight, please. Sorry. No, thank you. Um, I, I honestly don't have a lot more to add on top of what you two have already said. Lots of really funny lines. The Temple of Doom thing. Love it. Uh, but the message isn't strong enough. The st- the plot lines aren't strong enough. i got to go with a C2. We I gave you I know, I know. I told you I was going to disappoint you. This is what you get. This is what you get. <laughs> I thought we were going to get like a haiku uh-uh. at least. No. You know, something. no, no. Just... Nope. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of reassuring that when we got people in agreement, like we're kind of seeing it all the same way. It's, yeah, it's not a bad thing. It's just season two is going to do a lot better. It has done better already and it will do better again. And oh man, I cannot wait for next week. It's I was just looking on a on a website where I I kind of noted down a rating the last time I saw the next episode uh, was like almost ten years ago, and I gave it ten out of ten. So I'm very excited just to be reminded. You have your of, old ratings? Oh, yeah, I've got it. Yeah, you have never said this before. Well, not for every episode. Uh, so only the ones I really really liked, I'd give like a ten out of ten or something. So. For that one, there's a 10 out of 10. Some hype. You have no other episodes that you rate, just the ones that get 10s out of 10s. Is that like, sometimes a diary? Sometimes a nine. Oh, actually, wait a second. No, I have rated a lot of these, but some I haven't rated. So it's patchy. Where is this posted at? Like, is this. Uh, it's not public. It's uh, it's on Tracked, uh, where you can like track your TV watching. Uh, And I use this website and I just keep it as like a diary. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of fun to go back and rewatch stuff that you know you liked back in the day or you hated, and just see what you know, yeah. how you feel differently about it. So how you change? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Didn't we used to have that rule, the rule of two, back at Mutant Reviewers? Like you had to, you have to watch a movie at least yeah. twice in your life to formulate a a permanent opinion or a long lasting opinion because your 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 taste change situations change and mm-hmm. sometimes something you thought was really the, the most awesome thing ever I mean, you're gonna get your heart broken because you watch it never ending story was the coolest oh. movie ever oh falcor was the bomb yo yeah i have a friend who just told me the other day he watched <laughs> he walked out of watchmen in the cinema and now it's his oh. favorite movie <laughs> <laughs> so See, I'd, walk, I'd walk out of it now but uh, <laughs> that's yeah, it's, it's funny how that happens, mm-hmm. right? Or a song kind of grows on you over time and you hated it the first time and the 10th time you hear it, you're singing it at the top of your lungs. and mm. you know. Or maybe that's just Thomas. I don't know. <clears throat> uh, I right, said well, not it. to mention that, but okay. You know, it's okay. Well, you, it's on your YouTube channel, right? Where people <laughs> should look and see uh, see Thomas do karaoke. No one's honestly... supposed to go to my YouTube channel. Please don't subscribe to it. I've been trying to get the no- lower numbers, okay? All right. Thank you. Come on, everybody. Help him get lower numbers. That's a bold stra- strategy there, Cotton. We'll see if it pays off. <laughs> Reverse psychology. We'll You're the only person who's like, don't, don't like and subscribe and don't click that bell icon. That will, that will summon your doom. Don't do it. <laughs> 
Well, what, what we want you to do instead is tell everybody you know, yes, everybody, even your own arch nemeses that you use a force field to keep out of a room. Tell them about Community Rewatching 101. Let season two be the, the season that we really take off, that we start our march toward global domination, where we start to shape the very landscape of pop culture by our very witty and insightful analysis of uh, a TV show that's almost 10 years old at this point. So... <laughs> Yeah, tell people about the show. Follow us on Twitter at 101 Rewatching. Check out in the show notes uh, Heather's Twitch stream, Thomas's YouTube channel that you're totally not allowed to go to or subscribe mm-hmm. to or like or any of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and definitely check out MutantReviewersMovies.com. There's no uh in it. It's just a, that's a little speech thing I sometimes put in there. MutantReviewersMovies.com for all sorts of movie and TV reviews that we do. And like Thomas, we track things we like and uh, see what we don't have tens out of tens, but we have our own ratings. <laughs> we, we have more ratings than just 10 out of 10 or not 10 out of 10. I, so many ratings. <laughs> you use all the None other numbers? What? <laughs> None of them make sense. They've never made sense whatsoever. <laughs> and that's uh, the glorious uh, chaos of it all. Beautiful. All right. Well, thanks for listening to today's show. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, we'll have Al once again joining us. We do miss him mm-hmm, uh, so dearly. Uh, as as we go out today, Heather will sing a little song in his honor. Oh, Al, we miss you. See you next time. Thank you, Justin. 